This episode of the podcast is brought to you by breaking into people's homes just to lick their toilet seats so when they sit down, they'll have a moist butt. A lot of yours are jokes clo- on them. A lot of yours are breaking into houses lately. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that was making a movie the entire time. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing an Italian horror movie from 2021 called a classic horror story because it's that time of the year oh yeah welcome welcome to spooky season i love this time of the year well zach yes apparently you didn't like this movie i did not at all i did very surprised because (laughs) because i rewatched it Mm -hmm. and i was like this movie's fucking awesome this movie sucks (laughs) (laughs) you're lying no i really did not like this movie at all in what did you watch did we watch the same movie i think so oh my god all right well give us the breakdown okay so, a classic horror story came out. I can't believe you think this movie sucked. <laughs> this movie sucked, man. It did not. Remember last year when I did Maggie and it was like a fucking, like, a halt to the spooky, oh, scary yeah, season? Yeah. yeah, that's this. I disagree. You did this this year. I disagree. Okay. Well, a classic horror story came out in 2021. It was directed by Robert DeFeo and Paola Stripoli. You have a hell of a name for the main actress, uh, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz who plays Elisa. You have Yulia Sobol, who plays Sophia. You have Will Merrick, who plays Mark. Peppino Mazzato, who plays Ricardo. You have Francisco Russo, who plays Fabrizio. And then you have Alita Baldari Calabria, who plays Chiara. You didn't, you didn't use your Italian accent during any of those. Cabrizi. <laughs> Peppino. Peppino. <laughs> Um, and this is a film about a group of travelers who all are kind of like carpooling together and none of them really know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get into a car accident and then end up in the middle of a wood in the woods somewhere uh, with a very strange and eerie cabin mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Uh, and then what unfolds is a gruesome tale of murder, but also mafia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I have I have so many things to praise about this movie. So I I, I have I, a few I, things. All right. Well, then let's let's start off with what we enjoyed. Okay. So go ahead. What did you enjoy? Yeah. The cinematography was really good. Um, a lot of the sound designs for the film, like that very kind of like eerie, almost like bells and like that that piano of like the ding 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 ding. Yeah. That really fit well with the film. Um, I loved the red hue that they did. Like, as soon as, like, the sirens go off and it just switches to a red hue, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, shit's about to go down. Yeah, yeah. The acting was good? I thought for the most part, I mean, I did the, like, the English dubbed, so. Oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, just because that's, like, how it, like, like already was on my TV. It just kind of, like, defaulted to that, and <laughs> I was like, whatever, I'm not going to change it. Um, Because I, 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 I don't know, I just wanted to, like, just pay, like, not have to read subtitles. I didn't know that there was an English dub. Yeah, yeah, I did the whole thing dub. in Italian with uh, English with, subtitles. With English subtitles. Now there's a uh, there was an English dub version, and I mean, generally speaking, like some of the voice acting is a little like like for uh, for um, Fabrizio, like mm-hmm. the guy who does the voice acting for him is like eh, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't hold that against the movie just because that's not the real actors or whatever. That's just the English that those are the you know the actors that they hire to do the. Uh, the English dub version, so I don't really hold that against it. The actual voice was great. Like, the guy really put, like, his heart and soul yeah. into the film. Yeah. 
Um, and that's all you have to say? Yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mm. can't believe this. I really thought you were going to enjoy this movie. Like, especially like watching it the second time, I was thinking, I was like, Zach's going to really dig this. <laughs> nope. I'm I so, like, so I'm so shocked. I'll tell you what. I, I enjoyed the first half of the film. Okay. The first, because it was like, it, it was this cool idea where it was like, okay, like, you know, they ran off the side of the road and obviously it's all woods and it's a road and then waking up and it's the middle of the field and it's like, okay, something paranormal or something like existential happened here and there's just that cabin and then when they try to escape and they just end up coming back to it. I was like, okay, cool. Like, now I, I'm getting somewhere with this. Like, I'm enjoying what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And then even to, like, the whole thing of... I forgot what their names are, but it's basically hear no evil, see no evil, speak yeah. no evil. Um, gruesome. Very bloody, like, how they just fucked up Mark. Yeah. It, that was cool. I love that scene. I was like, okay... I'm with you. You gave me something, especially gruesome. with the music that they play, yeah. the Italian music that they're playing, and you and you hear like the cranking and like how like really beautifully shot. Like when when the spikes get down to his eyeballs, yes, and it's just like so close, and all, and all you see is his like is <laughs> the fucking whites of his eyes and his pupils yeah. like darting around, and you're and then the guy doesn't fully commit yet, and he just like stops there and lets Mark fucking like just lose his mind for a few seconds and then he and then he actually starts cranking mm-hmm. and you literally like hear the like the crunching and the blood like filling like his mouth i guess because yeah. like he kind of like starts gargling and stuff yeah i and mean then obviously it, everything just kind of goes silent after that yeah i mean that's cool i wish they could have like shown it um well i mean his fucking ankles getting smashed oh, was yeah <laughs> like 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 better version than what they did with misery well, yeah obviously. because like yeah. they actually showed the legs breaking and i was like wow okay good on you for doing this yeah yeah um and then yeah like it was just like that moment that all horror movies should have where it's like that inner conflict of you of you're feeling anxious and your palms are sweaty of like what's gonna happen next yeah and then of course like cranking it again and then like mark actually dying it was like okay shit like here we go yeah that was cool after that everything else went downhill for you so no go ahead tell tell me what else you liked because Uh, i mean generally honestly pretty much everything there's a few things that i didn't like but i'll get into that once we get there but Mm -hmm. i mean like generally speaking like i thought that like you know you have a, a a character, a main character who you don't really like. The, the one of my one of my major complaints. I said I was going to speak about it later, but I'm yeah. speaking about it now. <laughs> Just do it now. Is that like you don't really know anything about any of them, and you mm-hmm. get almost no backstory with any of them, so you don't really care about any of them, mm-hmm. except for Ricardo. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, you know, you don't really care about any of them. So when people start dying, it's like, okay, whatever. I have no emotional attachment to them. Um, but I don't know. I found the the cinematography so beautiful. The the shots of like the woods and all that I thought were really creepy. Um, once they actually swerve off the road and they end up in that circle uh, of just every, you know, just kind of like maintained cut grass and mm-hmm. then you have that beautiful shot of the actual cabin which i think looks so cool yeah that the does. cabin looks awesome mm-hmm. it's a very weird design that i really enjoy yeah um and then them getting in there and and then again what you were saying they find the girl up in the attic and she's got no tongue because they cut her tongue out mm-hmm. and uh 
and then the lights go out and then again you have like that red coming through the window i mean it's just so intense and like when when they pull mark out of the fucking uh mm-hmm. the um the rv the rv and they and they bring him back i mean it is really intense i love when they're in the woods um the t- the two guys are in the woods and they're walking and they find the pig heads and there's yeah. five pig heads and there's five of them and they're like oh god that's that's uh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a little fucked up. Yeah, and like you know, the, what the, would you do in that ju- situation? I don't know because I mean they they were so the fucking statues were mm. so big, and I was like, God, that looks so cool. <laughs> but like if I saw that in real life, I'd, I'd be like, I'm gonna die here. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not making it out of this. Like I I think like while there's still daylight, just dig a hole <laughs> and just get, jump get in the like hole a straw or something yourself. yeah cover yourself get a straw <laughs> wait till daylight just fucking wait it out <laughs> um so i love that mm-hmm. uh and then generally speaking like, i thought it was a very well paced movie like i never i personally never felt like it was dragging at all i never felt like i was waiting to for like okay let's get on to like a next part personally yeah. um and then you know again like when once you start like unraveling a little bit of Fabrizio and then they uh, they wake up and then the whole cult is out there. Mm-hmm. The flock, that's, that shot looked that, great. It's so awesome. And then you have, it kind of felt like the Wicker Man, like mm-hmm. the giant Wicker statue and and then um, the two, their two friends tied up. Yeah. And then they, they, cut, they cut off, I think it was uh, his ears. I think... Uh, Ricardo got his ears, ears taken cut off, off yeah. and then Sophia got her eyes taken her out. Her eyes taken out. So then that must mean that Mark got his tongue taken out at some point. Mo- yeah. Um, and then they they build like this face uh, over like the mask mm-hmm. and then they like rise it up. Uh, and then all the, I thought like all of the, the community there, like kind of clicking their tongues and whatnot. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, and they're all kind of like in there together. Uh and then the reveal of Fabrizio like being like kind of like this mastermind sort of a behind it. And I thought like the earpiece thing was kind of cool because mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it was a cool like callback to like, hey, what happened to your uh, he's like, uh, who is it? Mark. Yeah. They're talking and he's like, what, what's going on with your ear? Because Fabrizio kind of has like a, uh, an earpiece in that it's kind of like what if somebody has like, you know, uh, trouble, hard, a hard time hearing. They usually mm-hmm. have like hearing aids. And he's got like one of those in and he ends up like kind of like messing with it. And he's kind of like putting on this face of like, oh, something it's like hurting him. So Mark's like, what's going on with that or what happened? And he basically told him like, you know, I got basically beat up in school or something. Yeah. Uh, And then that ends up being an an earpiece where they're actually communicating to him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty like interesting. It was a a smart idea. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, And then, of course, I loved I really, really love the shot of when. It's all over at this point. Like, mm-hmm. he, like she figured it all out, and he looks into the deer head. Yeah, and he's just like, "Come and take her." Yeah, that was a and, great shot. And and then like that massive guy comes mm-hmm. in. Like that dude looks like he's like seven foot yeah. four. <laughs> like that was a big dude. Yeah. And he comes in and he grabs her and he drags her out. Um, and then yeah, I mean, I and one thing that I really enjoyed too was when Fabrizio when they bring her to that room. Where he's talking to her, like mm-hmm. face to face, um, that was or creepy. not face to face, just like you know, whatever, um, over the screens, and he's kind of explaining why, and he's explaining that he kind of wants, like, that you know, he wants to be a filmmaker, but his whole thing was that there is no real horror movies in Italy. Well, yeah, the, well, a that like the horror films are like dying in Italy, or pretty much have been dead, so there's no horror industry there. 
but also the idea of like us being so desensitized by like these movies and everything that he's trying to actually really murder people to show it because that's what's going to like make people actually like engage with the film. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting concept. It was different. It was definitely like different. And I thought that was like, I was like, all right, cool. Uh, that's, that's fun. And I love man when he when you find out that that the girl that that they found in the mm-hmm. attic isn't actually yeah like that they're brother and sister they seem to be brother and sister mm-hmm. and and her tongue wasn't really cut out she was part of the whole scheme and I love when she gets shot that's yes. the shot of her getting blown back mm-hmm. is like so perfect it was also I don't know if you saw it too like it was a really kind of like tongue and cheek fun thing of like Fabrizio wearing the T shirt that says spoilers yeah and it's like okay like yeah. you know. I got it from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, she gets blown away. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there was just so much to love about the movie. Uh, so here's the thing. So, like, I agree with you on, like... With almost everything I said. So what, I'm not yes, understanding yes. what you didn't like. So, <laughs> so small thing first. Um, It didn't make sense of, like, how these, like, all of them are together. Like, it kind of seems like Fabrizio was running, like, this weird Uber RV... So it, it didn't make sense exactly for, like, all of them to be together. Um, you mentioned, too, like, how, you know, we didn't know anything about them. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, that didn't bother me because, like, you got, like, a little tidbit of Elisa's whole thing of, like, oh, she's, she's pregnant, pregnant and she's going to get an abortion yeah. for it. I don't feel like you really need to know, like, everything about characters, especially in horror movies when it's, like, they're just bodies to be killed off anyways. Yeah. Um, the main thing that I had, like an issue with is this movie is called a classic horror story. This movie is very tongue in cheek of everything. Like it's nothing but horror movie tropes. Yeah. It's immediately like, Oh, we have no cell phone service. Oh, like our, our car doesn't work anymore. And that's fine. Like I've seen enough horror movies where like that can get a pass for it. It's the thing of, like, you had, like, this interesting idea first of, like, okay, like, they're out in the middle of the field out of nowhere. And it's, like, okay, now we have, like, something kind of, like you said, the Wicker Man, where it's, like, very cult-esque. It's very spiritual stuff. And them, like, getting lost in the woods and then coming back. Come to find out, with Fabrizio working with them, they just moved it and he just circled them back. Right. Yeah, really not realizing. Right. They could have done something cool there. Then you switch it up completely in a very confusing way where it no longer is a cult, really. Well, it is, in a sense. It's the mafia. Yeah, it's the mafia. And then you have, like, all these different scenes now where it's like, okay, like, you added in something of, like, the ritual with the whole, like, or the Blair Witch Project with the whole thing of, like, the the shrines and everything out in the woods. And then you had something here with, like, where it was basically cabin in the woods where it was oh all these people are like watching and like documenting or all this yeah. stuff and then you switch it up again to have like this while it was cool like this very midsomar scene with all the, the people yeah in the daylight yeah so and now at the table eating yeah which is fine like it, it was an idea for it like it it just switched it up so quickly and then you find out that the mayor is actually with the, the mafia she, she's the leader of yeah. them and i don't know like I, but it makes sense because her like the whole the whole thing was you know they they need sacrifices in order for what they believe which is similar to the wicker man of mm-hmm. prosperity and food but did it come across that way because like to me it was more of like 
from the line of the mayor, she was just like, oh, you know, like times have changed and we had to adapt. Yeah. And this is the way that we have to run our business now. And it's like, so you're you're covering with like a cult just to commit mafia crimes? Well, no, that's the thing is they're not they're not the same mafia as like what we uh, what we think a mafia is like we think mafia of the godfather that's not what they are anymore at least in this you know in 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 italy over there they Mm -hmm. are no longer they're no longer tommy guns and trench coats you know they're they're ritualistic now yeah which i thought was kind of interesting and i and i really and for me it, it came across it completely where he's telling the story of the three knights that come and 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 you know they're like okay listen we're gonna either wipe you guys out or we need sacrifices and you guys can prosper so whatever it is however i don't know they, they don't i don't think they go into like is it is it every year or is it mm-hmm. like you know i think whenever, it's every year but you know whatever it may be they have these sacrifices and then the that I thought which was a really compelling shot of the contrast of Elisa she figures everything out mm-hmm. and they do the sacrifice they have the eyes they have the tongue they have the ears they they do the whole the whole deal and then you have that cut to like the spaghetti sauce being made and the peppers getting pulled yeah. and the tomatoes getting pulled and all that and it's like that is now the the sacrifice has been complete now they are prosperous. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought it, I, I thought it very much like was visually told. Yeah, but I don't know. Like for me, it was just like you you put too many eggs in one basket. Where like you're trying to make this movie pretty much everything in the last like thirty years of horror. Well, so and, and go ahead. Like Cabin in the Woods did that, but Cabin in the Woods did it in like a. Again, like a tongue-in-cheek way, but they had fun with it. They, like, fully committed to, like, this is going to be wacky, this is going to be stupid, but, like, this is going to be horror movies no, in yeah, a nutshell. This, this movie, I would, like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that this movie's tongue, tongue-in-cheek. tongue I, I think that this movie actually, for the most part, takes itself very seriously, but just with tropish yeah. ideas, which I'm fine with if, if it's done well, and I mm-hmm. thought it was done well. Especially with like the added like look, I, I, let me get into things that I didn't like because mm-hmm. I do agree with you to a certain to a certain extent with um, too many eggs in a basket because mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie they start trying. You have like this whole thing with Fabrizio where he's like people are getting desensitized. So then when she when she escapes mm-hmm. when when she finds that boy uh, who was like swimming and then she follows him to uh, to the beach, she walks into the water and for me that would have been like the perfect cut like her on the sand it it was like that mid shot of like you know her torso and her back is facing us and you all you see is the back of her head really and she's Mm -hmm. walking into the ocean i was like that could be perfect but then it cuts to all the people on the beach uh with their phones out recording her and then she goes into the water and then she's and then she kind of does like the thing where she like all the blood starts coming off her and then she holds her stomach, which I guess was like, I guess she's going to keep the baby. Um, and she ends up, you know, doing because like the whole movie, she's like trying to text her mom and, her, and she can't they have no service there. And her mom's text messages all finally come through and then she kind of like drops a cell phone. And I was like, OK, I can I, I'm fine with that because that's kind of like. Alisa's her saying like I don't need my mom anymore I don't need anybody I've I've survived this like I'm gonna just be on my own and I and then she decides to keep the baby yeah that's all fine where I think the movie starts to falter a little bit and I don't think it was necessarily justified was 
again with like the cell phones and everybody being desensitized. Like you have this girl who's covered in blood and mm-hmm. she's all beaten up, and, and nobody's no, going to try nobody's and help trying him. to help her. And like again, they're trying. He, the the filmmakers are trying to make a point here. Yeah, like nobody's trying to help them or her, and we're just pulling and they're just pulling out their phones and recording her. Um, and I just don't think that necessarily landed. Like, mm-hmm. and then, and then I don't know. Did you see the end credit scene? The whole, yeah, the, the actual end, ending. The, the end. Uh, yeah, the ending scene, or like the the end credit scene of the guy watching the video of that Fabrizio actually made, and then skipping it completely, and then just like being like, "Oh, this sucks," and he like rates it like one star or whatever. Yeah. It's like blood flicks. Too. Yeah, blood <laughs> flicks. I was like, okay, so now we're getting to a thing of like, oh, again, it's like snuff films basically mm-hmm. at that point, and people and and people are still not even happy with that. Like mm-hmm. they're they're still they're actually seeing people get murdered, and they're still like desensitized to it. Th- that's a lot. Yeah. And if you wanted to focus on that, that needs to be an entire movie within itself. Yeah. I mean, that's that needs to be like your main plot point. That's where I was kind of like the last little bit where I was like, again, like this is where it's like very tongue in cheek. Like this is where it's like full blown, like, okay, like we get it. Like it's now a Netflix movie on Netflix. Yeah. And you can like go right through and the guy is like fast forwarding through everything. Yeah. yeah. That was the point where it was like, okay, you had like a little bit of fun with it because. Yeah. The movie is called a classic horror story and you've done all these tropes and you've done all these like ideas that movies have done before. And now you have like this ending and it's like, okay, now you had fun with it, Mm -hmm. but you just didn't do that for the rest of the film. Right. Yeah. So I I agree with that ending shot unnecessary and completely just kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with the people with the cell phones, I could have dealt without. But other than that. And again, like not really getting much of like characters, uh, character development. Again, like when it comes down to it, like this movie, now now that I've watched it and 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 I and I now go back to it, it's like I know what it is, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like this isn't this is not a hereditary level horror film. Like no. this is not this is not a plus plus material. Mm-hmm. But for the classic horror tropes of people in a cabin in the middle of the woods and people start fucking dying. I think it delivers the goods on that aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that it delivers the good in the gore, yeah. which I appreciate because I've, you know, you, you, as you know, I re I like good gore mm-hmm. and the smashing of the ankles, the ripping out of the eyes and the tongue and the cutting off of the ears and watching Mark get his face fucking just cranked down to a pulp like it's just gruesome bloody fun yeah and uh and the music was great it was beautifully shot i thought it was very very well paced um so i don't know i'm I'm very surprised that (laughs) that you didn't like it but although i feel like your critiques i don't know i don't like for me it was just like you were trying to do like way too many things and to me it was either lean fully into it being serious or lean fully into it being tongue-in-cheek so from like, it just didn't land with me. I don't yeah. know. Like I, this helped like talking it out, but because I was going to give this three out of 10, <laughs> I can say, well, well, when you said you were like, this movie's horrible. I was like really shocked because I don't <laughs> think this movie's horrible. Well, like so, even if, even if this movie's not for you, that's not, this movie is not horrible. Like you can't, I don't think you could say that. Like, no, but I mean, like as we do with like talking it out and like basically talking about films and like picking them apart. Like, I can watch it and be like, this is horrible, but I can sit here and talk about, like, okay, these are the good aspects, these are the bad aspects to yeah. it. 
So I don't know. Like with me, it it landed with like five RVs out of ten. Five. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like honestly like like an eight. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I think it delivered on all the aspects that I personally want in a good horror film or in in like a slasher style film. Yeah. Um. Because again, just when you're going into it, don't expect a hereditary. Like mm-hmm. that's not what you're getting. You're not. You know. Although they try, like you were like mentioning, like a Midsommar vibe, yeah. like they definitely like were trying to go for that. Did they succeed in it? I don't know. It depends on mm-hmm. on how you, how you personally feel about it. Um, they also added like they they spliced in like Hostel into it too. There's that a was, lot. Like, the there's there's absolutely a lot, and mm-hmm. and and I don't know if that's just like the directors just are such fans of horror. That I think they, like, they are because yeah. I mean you literally have Fabrizio sitting in there in the van and he's like he he starts laughing and he's like we have no cell service we're in the middle of the fucking woods in the yeah. middle of nowhere this is the he, beginning of a horror he's film. like this is the this is the fucking beginning of a classic horror movie and then they just like tell him to shut up and they keep going yeah and it's like again yeah you're right like they are being a little tongue-in-cheek um but i don't know like for me it absolutely landed and i know my girlfriend really really liked this movie a lot um and i I'm very surprised that that you that you did not like it nearly as much. I'm a little disappointed, <laughs> just mostly because not not I'm I'm not disappointed that like I chose the movie and you didn't like it. I'm disappointed because I was really hoping that we could both just gush about this movie mm-hmm. and be like, oh, it was so cool and it's hard as it was cool. Um, but now I had to sit here and defend it. <laughs> now I'm pissed off. Oh well, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised though, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I understand your critiques, and and I and I think they're val, and I think they're you know like valuable uh, critiques. I just don't necessarily agree with all of them. Okay, but uh, I mean that's fair though. That's the point, right? That's mm-hmm. what we do. We discuss movies and we try to talk them out and whatnot. Um, I think there's a lot to like about the movie though, and I think if you are a a fan of horror, I think it's I think it's worth a watch. I will say this too, like. In this day and age, in 2021, like it is very hard to make an original horror film. Oh yeah, everything's been done. Yeah. So I, I at least applaud them for doing something where it's like they're trying to add in and splice like all these different things together. Yeah. Just for me, it didn't land it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um. So I recently, within the past like month or so, I'm trying. Uh, by the way, all my recommendation, my recommendations are going to be horror themed. Oh, nice. Um, for this month. Uh, so I found a YouTuber and his name is Mr. Ballen, B-A-L-L-E-N. Mm-hmm. And he is a guy that generally all he does is sit in front of his camera, uh, with a really shitty green screen in the background and he just tells horror stories. Really? Um, and they're generally all real. Mm-hmm. Um, so his whole thing is like strange, dark and mysterious, uh, stories. So most of them are based on actual events with like police reports and whatnot. And look, it's very, very rare that something actually like scares me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can watch a horror film and then go to sleep like that. That never really bothers me. But he told a story about something called a dibbit box, which is like a I've Jewish. It's like the, a Jewish yeah. um, <clears throat> box where like. There, it's supposed to be basically be like you know like you can trap a soul in there mm-hmm. like and and whatnot. Um, that the the story of the divot box literally affected me to the point where I did not want to go to sleep for like two nights. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and he tells he tells these these stories with like such passion, and he's such a good storyteller that I've literally gone through almost his entire catalog over the past like month and a half like, really? if, like if i'm driving i'll just put them on and just mm. listen to them 
Um, he does a lot of stuff about like serial killers, dis- like strange disappearances of things that like are people who just like disappear under like really weird circumstances. A lot of like like haunted stories and whatnot. Um, and I think Mr. Ballon is absolutely worth uh, your time and your attention span, uh, at least for the month of October, because I think he I've, is really, really, really good at telling really scary stories. I'll I'll check him out because yeah. I'm always looking for stuff like this. So there's Mr. also a, a YouTuber, like a girl that does like the the makeup while telling like murder mysteries too. Unfamiliar. Same kind of thing. Though. Okay, yeah. So but she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's pretty. Uh, what? Got a nice mustache, long hair. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I recommend Mr. Ballin. Again, B-A-L-L-E-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, my recommendation. Zach, what are we doing next? Very nice, Frank. Um, so again, it's spooky season, so we are going to be doing, and I have a list for all of our topics of like spooky, scary stuff. Yeah. So for the first one, we are going to be doing our top five favorite underrated horror icons in films. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, don't worry. It's only a movie.